Hi, I'm Leon Deggs, and this is Man Blues. So let me tell you where the idea for this episode came about. I was floating around on social media and I saw a post. It was a woman with a really cheesy grin on her face and a rather sort of henpecked looking man. And in the picture was something called Daddy's Sticker Chart. So basically on this chart, it had things like, uh, you know, sort of tasks, ordinary tasks. I know that men are often referred to as being inept at doing so. It's things like uh, wash the dishes, put the toilet seat down, change a blowout diaper. It's clearly American, so change a blown out nappy. Um, bathe the rugrats, okay, yeah, bath the children. Um, pack the kids' lunches, uh, vacuum the car seats and clean up any vomit. Uh, for each one of these rows, it, the gentleman was receiving a sticker to say he'd been done a good job and so on. And so, for example, wash dishes. If he got six stickers in there, he would get a 12-pack of his favorite beer. If he put the toilet seat down, there would be no nagging for a week. Uh, if he changed a blown-out nappy, uh, it would be a naked dance from his wife. Uh, if he bathed the babies, uh, it would be uh, that she won't donate his favourite stained T-shirt. Okay. Uh, if he packed, if he did six times of packing the kids' lunches, he got a one get out of the dog house free card. So like a get out of jail card. Um, if he vacuumed the car seats, he doesn't have to go to any annoying kids' birthday parties. And if he cleaned up any throw up, he got a blowjob. What kind of toxic relationship is that man stuck in? That he has an emasculating sticker chart for every time he does a job that I don't think is something that requires reward. But it's this level of approach to that man's behavior in the house, this kind of childish reward chart that made me think just how men are dragged down in the household by their significant others by this perception of men always being bad at things in the house, you know, that men are just animals that need to be trained. In fact, sometimes no better than children and toddlers. So that's what's getting discussed in this episode, and that's where it came from. In this week's episode, we're discussing bad dads and bad boyfriends. So initially, I wanted to discuss... In fact, no, let me start again. I want to make this clear. When I talk about bad dads and bad boyfriends, I don't mean deadbeat dads. I don't mean those fathers who've, um, you know, sired children and are refusing to pay child maintenance, all those other people, you know, those genuinely bad people. What I'm referring to when I say bad dads and bad boyfriends are the perception of men in the modern relationship, or specifically the relationship they're having with that particular significant other. So... What do I mean precisely by a bad dad and a bad boyfriend? Well, you tend to see these things floating all around Facebook. One of the most sort of frustrating things for me was always they came from the parents of children with whom my son went to school. And it was things like, oh, my husband is so lazy around the house, doesn't help with the kids, doesn't make meals for the family, won't take part in family events. Classically, the deadbeat dad won't pay child maintenance. And, and interesting, when I was Googling all this stuff about deadbeat dads, it turned out the actual correct term is deadbeat parent because mums can also be deadbeats. But obviously that doesn't roll for tongue as nicely as deadbeat dad. But my comment to every single one of these photos that was posted on Facebook was, well, why are you still together with that man? Because if he's not helping out with the kids and he's not helping make a little lunch and he's not helping do this and he's not helping in the house and he's a lazy SOB and you're posting it on Facebook, 
Maybe you've got problems that you need to discuss with your significant other. But I took further umbrage with this because the other women who saw the post would very often chime in, oh yeah, mine's a useless sack of whatever as well. And I kept thinking these poor women who are out there with these inept, these incapable men who are just not fulfilling their side of the relationship. And I do believe genuinely that it is something that you should take part in. You know, when my son was born, I felt... Now, how do I explain this? It's really difficult for me to try to explain this sort of thing without it coming off as just an angry man who's angry at women. This isn't the case at all. I'm not angry at women and I don't have an agenda against women. That's not what this podcast is all about. This podcast is supposed to be an understanding from the perspective of a man of what it's like to be a man in the modern world, in the modern relationships and why sometimes men suffer from sort of depressions and mental health issues as a result of this modern world. But I am talking about the fact that there are sort of preconceptions out there of what's expected of a man in a relationship and in life and in general Um, and those preconceptions are largely built on the idea of um, sort of this masculine stereotype so when you've got this masculine stereotype of you know the guy who's always Mr. Fixer and he runs into the fray and solves all the problems and will fight for your honour and so on that's not necessarily the same sort of mentality of person who's quite happy to get up from the sofa and go and do the washing or the washing up or make meals for everybody now those men do exist you know I'm one of those men I don't like to charge into the fray but I don't mind cooking food what I do dislike is the expectation of it Now, we've talked about expectations in another podcast episode, um, but that's not what this one's about. This podcast episode is very specifically dealing with the fact that these women are talking about how inept their partners are, and it's just accepted by society that men are inept. And I don't stand by that. I don't think that is a really good barometer for any kind of measure of anything. So, for example, you know, bad boyfriend. One of the complaints you hear a lot about bad boyfriends is, oh, he never buys me flowers. But guess what? When you buy her flowers that first time, what's her immediate thought? Oh, well, he must be cheating. He's got something to to apologise for. And then all her girlfriends will wade in on the exact same argument. So she'll post a photo on Facebook and it'll say something like, oh, he bought me flowers today. Wonder what he's got to apologise for. And all her friends will wade in. And they'll all be like, yeah, he must have done something really bad if he's bought you those. And you just think, why are you wading into this? She said to me the other day she would like to have some flowers. So when I was coming home from work, I thought, oh, there's a shop. I'm going in anyway for milk. There's some pretty flowers. I'll buy some flowers. There you go, love. Nice gesture, some flowers. But immediately it comes with this negative connotation of, oh, yeah, what's he done wrong? So it's kind of like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And I think there's a misconception about this is that you've often heard the uh, sort of the maxim that comes from the female in the relationship. There is always that aspect that comes from women towards men along the lines of, oh, I need to change him to make him right, to make him good, to make him a good partner. I need to work on him. He needs to work on himself. And you just think, okay, well, I've done that and I've changed now. What next? Because, you know, the supposition there is, is that she's perfect but I need work. However, I can guarantee you that is not the case, ladies. You are not perfect, in much the same way that men aren't perfect. But what is unfair, inherently, in this good boyfriend, bad boyfriend stuff, the assumption is that it's always the guy that's bad, but never the woman. So, for instance, the whole argument about leaving the toilet seat up, 
that never happens in our house because I have been sitting down to urinate for the last 23 years. Not because my German wife insisted on it, but because when she told me about this whole sitting down thing, I tried sitting down to urinate and I found it so much more comfortable and relaxing. End of story. Nothing more complicated. I'm not emasculated by this gentleman. It doesn't make me any more effeminate, any less of a man, anything stupid like that. It's genuinely, it buys me a bit more time in the bathroom on my own, having a bit of a comfortable break. That's all it is. But the problem is, it never really it never seems to get seen like that as a problem that the women are leaving the toilet seat down for those men who like to stand up and urinate. Maybe the solution to this is to stop worrying about whether the seat is up or down and install a urinal. You know, just one of those little bowls, stick that on the wall in your bathroom, end of story. That's all it needs. If it's going to be a massive, massive problem for the fact that you're trying to discuss who's doing what and who's getting what wrong. But that's the problem with this sort of idea of a bad boyfriend and a bad husband is that it's always subjective. There is always somebody who's saying you are a bad husband because you don't do X, Y, Z, A, B, C. Okay. But if the tables were ever turned and I was to say to my wife, you're a bad wife because of whatever reason, all of a sudden she gets backed up by all of her sisters in the sisterhood and that's an end of me. Because chaps don't tend to rally round and support other chaps. They tend to just, <laughs> I liken it a little bit to um, when the lion is eating the gazelle, the other gazelles will stand around and watch because they know that they're not next. And I, I looked at some of these Facebook posts and, and the one that kept coming round and round and round was the one about my house is untidy but my kids are loved. Then they would go on to say, but I'm an untidy mum because my husband is useless. You're like, what? How does that equate? So your house is a mess, but your kids are loved because you let your kids play with stuff and you let them leave all the things all over the house. But the minute somebody says, why is your house untidy? You go, because my husband's a lazy SOB and he won't pick up after the kids. So when I was doing this, when my son was young, and when he finished playing with a toy, I would pick it up and put it away. I was actually being reprimanded by my wife for preventing him from having better playtime because he wasn't then able to see that the toy was still out and might want to still play with it because I'd picked it up and put it away. Me thinking, that's me being tidy. So I stopped picking up all the toys. Next thing you know, she slips and trips over a toy and it's kind of like the question is, why wasn't that put away in that generic kind of umbrella term of why was somebody not thinking about the greater consequences of leaving that toy lying on the floor? And I stood there and I said to my wife, I didn't put that away deliberately because you told me not to. You said, don't put the toys away because you're squashing his creativity. So I didn't put the toys away, and now all of a sudden you've twisted your ankle on a toy that's been left in the floor, and that's someone else's fault. There is only one other responsible person in this household who can be blamed for that. My wife used to have this wonderful phrase that I managed to get her to stop doing, but she had this beautiful phrase that was, if I don't do it, it'll never get done. But when I started using it back, because it was things like, she'd say, oh, if, if, if I don't cook dinner, it doesn't get done. If I don't do the washing up, it doesn't get done. And I was like, well, that's a subjective statement that basically says, if you don't do it, no one else in the house is stepping up to do it. But I'm thinking, there's a lot of things that get done by me in the background that she just wasn't seeing. So when I was looking at this stuff about bad husbands and bad boyfriends, so I looked up, I mean, I've, I'm, as I say, I'm trying with this podcast to give some positivity at the end of it. It's not just me sitting here and ranting about things that are going on in life, but these are little things that add up to make, you know, what is it? This What's the line from the film? Um, All work and no play makes Johnny a dull boy. 
the very first podcast I did, the very first episode, I asked the question of whether I'm happy or not. And I talked about a sliding scale of happiness where, you know, zero is bad, zero is unhappy and 10 is very happy, but that I only have a range of maybe about four or five and that range keeps sliding up and down. So it could be the lowest of two and the highest of seven, that sort of thing, okay? So I'm, I'm never 10 happy and I'm never zero unhappy. And if I am zero unhappy, at least I've got a possibility of being five happy if you understand what I'm, what I'm getting at. But the thing is, I was trying to make these positive, positive statements at the end of each of these podcasts. It was so difficult to try to find comments and helpful support on how to not be a bad husband or a bad father, right? Because when I tried to, when I literally put in Google how to stop being a bad father, I got three ways to deal with a terrible dad. So, okay, so one, minimize his influence because he's the problem, not you, right? Avoid picking up his bad habits like smoking and swearing, etc. And three, take positive action in your life. So that is helping a woman deal with a bad father or even a child dealing with a bad father. So I tried hard to find support, so I flipped it to bad mother, right? How do you stop being a terrible mother, okay? There were loads and loads and loads of helpful links about how to stop being a bad mum or how to recognize that you are one. And also reassurances that ju even just asking yourself the question, am I a bad mother, means that you're not necessarily a bad mother because you already have a level of self-awareness. Where is this support for men and fathers? This is the problem. This is the inherent issue in the whole man blues concept that when we men need help, there is nothing out there for us unless we take the help that is attributed to women and we convert it into our gender. That's the only solutions we have. So, in order to stop being a bad mother, I'm trying to flip this into being to stop being a bad father, um, one, take a trip down memory lane. That is not a bad idea because then you sort of cause yourself back into all the things and you have a nice little think about things that have gone. Yes, I see that. Second one is calling the girl gang. Well, of course, men don't do that. You don't lean on your friends and sort of say to them, hey, I'm having a bit of a troubled time. And that's the issue. Men just don't. Men have friends. We call each other stupid, horrible names. We laugh at the stuff that we all do. Basically, we just, we're horrible to one another. And that's our support group. So that's really bad. Anyway, uh, number three is remember, if you think you're bad, you're probably not. That is a takeaway. If you think you're bad, you're probably not. Because you at least have that level of self-awareness that you realize you could do better. Uh, focus on the positives. It's always a good idea. Highly recommend that here on Man Blues. Always focus on the positives. Uh, remember tomorrow's a new day. Now that's really quite positive because that can basically get you going to make sure that you're aware that it doesn't matter. Write, write today off if today was a bad day. Start again tomorrow. And I used to do this when my son was much younger. If I had a, if I had a moment where I lashed out verbally, I would um, apologize to him the next day. Because I was like, you know, it's not fair that I got upset. It's not fair I pushed it onto you. So I would apologize to him. And about three or four years after me doing this, he once sort of, I apologized to him the day after and he pulled a bit of a sour face on me and I said to him, what's the matter? And he said to me quite rightly, what's the point of you getting angry and then apologizing to me the next day if you don't ever stop getting angry about something? I sort of, yeah, I understand what you mean. I know where you're coming from. I do get it. It's not great that I'm getting upset and I'm taking it out on you. I said, but you do need to understand where these are coming from. You know, there could be a myriad factors in my day that caused that outburst. I'm just apologizing for how I dealt with it, which is to say wasn't very well. So get some perspective. Again, you know, remind yourself of where you are and just how important or unimportant these things are. Uh, talk to the kids, you know, actually speak to the children themselves to find out if you are a bad father. And you must understand that questioning yourself is a good thing. 
Also, maybe talk to your own parents. There's another suggestion. Talk to your own mother or father to see how they feel about whether they were good parents. I mean, I doubt... Unfortunately for me, my father died when I was nine, so I can't speak to him about whether he was a good father or not. Get some headspace. Um, that's pretty much the same as getting perspective, so that's understandable. But also, perhaps importantly, try to see it from your child's point of view. Because if you're perceived as being a bad parent or a bad father or a bad you know, boyfriend or whatever, um, you just need to look at it from the perspective of your child and see how they see it. That's today's takeaway, really, for this episode, is to just reassure yourself that if you consider yourself to be a bad parent, if you think you are a bad father or a bad boyfriend, then you should reassure yourself with the fact that you're probably not that bad because you're already worried about it. But you know what? Those things that she's pecking at you for, you need to ask yourself whether it's actually justified. Because as I said, my wife had this whole thing about if she doesn't do it, it doesn't get done until I flipped it back on her. She used to have this thing where she would enjoy um, finishing work on a Friday and coming into the kitchen to discover that everything had been washed up and all the washing up was away and the kitchen was nice and clear and ready for the weekend. Thing was, it would build up over the week and Thursday evening she would she would be out teaching till 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. Um, so that meant there was only one person left who would do that. So that meant Thursday afternoon, when I'm finished work, the first thing I do is I go downstairs and I make dinner for me and my son because my wife's inevitably out teaching. So we're sitting there having dinner and then after we finish dinner, my son goes off and does what he wants to do and I go straight to the sink and I'm stood there for an hour doing all the washing up that's accumulated over the week. We don't have a dishwasher. I've wanted to buy a dishwasher for many years. My wife's response to that was, we don't need a dishwasher, we're fine doing things the way we are. Yeah, okay. But you keep leaving this thing floating in the air about how you want the kitchen to be nice and clean on a Friday, but you're not there to help on Thursday. Not do it. That's the key thing here, guys. I don't want her to do it. I'd like some help. That's all I'm asking. Because when somebody comes to you with a caveat of, I want this done by a certain time, if they don't then help you doing that, then that's just a a demand. And it's not supportive in the relationship. So... Today's positive takeaway on this episode of Man Blues is if you think you're a bad person, you probably aren't as bad as you feel. My name is Leon Deggs, and I don't think I'm a bad husband. In fact, I think I'm pretty good. Thanks for listening. If you're affected by anything discussed on this podcast, please reach out to someone for help and support. Man Blues is not qualified to help, but we can listen. You can get in touch with us here at Man Blues. The email address is manblues at gmx.com. And we're also available on Twitter, which is at manbluesuk. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again.